All right, Christy, I'm ready to record our next ep. Wait, dear, you look a little different. Why ever do you think so? Um, you seem a bit animated. Why, I feel light as a feather. I feel like bursting into... No, 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 no. What is going on here? Your eyes look really big and you're prancing around the closet. I'm just looking for the headphones, dear. Oh, drat. I must have left them in the living room. No problem. Ah, ah, ah. Wait, is that a bunny and a bird carrying your headphones? Why, they're just lovely friends. I'm starting to think maybe we've got some sort of... A sort of stupendous and whimsical adventure? No. A dazzling place you never knew? No. How about a thing you can't define? No, Christy, I think we're having some sort of multiversal crossover and you're being switched with your cartoon counterpart, who is of course a princess. A princess? Me? A kind of hidden, secret princess? Afraid not, dear. We're going to have to solve this before cartoons start running amok. There's only one way to ruin a silly story, and that's overanalyze it. We're going to have to talk about comics. Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to this special patron-requested episode where we cover Superman and Bugs Bunny. Yes. Uh, I think it should have been called Justice League and Looney Tunes, but they just they just picked the, uh, the top <laughs> sellers. Uh, this one was requested by Chris Osborne. Uh, thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Remember, you all can go to our Patreon and contribute some money and get some requests in, too. And uh, before we get too much further, we a few people have done that this time. Yeah, yeah. So we need to uh, give shout-outs uh, first to uh, Kat Purcell. Thank you, Kat. And Zachary Hunter. Thank you, Zachary. So thank thank you both, you guys. Yeah, uh, that uh, two, I think two in one app is uh, is is our is tied for the highest, right? Yeah, we must be getting really good or um, really tugging at some empathy strings. <laughs> yes, we can we can talk more about that later in the show. Yeah. So remember, if you would like to be shouted out on the show, you can either uh, go on over and review us at iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts, uh, or become a patron yourself. Yeah. Christy, do we have a lot of other business to get into before before this app? I feel like it's uh it's time we get down to the most important business. The summary business? Yeah, that, I mean I'm in the business of summary. Let's take it from the top. It's got a body like an hourglass is ticking like a clock. You want you wanna try that again? <laughs> you good with that? Will you lay that out there? <laughs> Leave it in, I have no fear. <laughs> Summary. Superman and Bugs Bunny. Written by Mark Evanier. Layouts by Joe Staten. Finished by Mike DiCarlo and Tom Palmer. Colored by Patricia Mulvillo. Separations by Digital Chameleon in Issue 3. Lettered by Phil Felix. Edited by Joey Cavalieri.
Clark Kent and Lois Lane are just chilling in Metropolis after hearing reports of a big, giant aircraft. However, that wily Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick is trying to turn the whole city into strip malls, but is quickly thwarted when Clark, who of course changes into Superman clothes, tricks him into reading some cake ingredients, which of course Superman changed by adding Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick's name backwards to. Poof! He's gone! Meanwhile, in Looney Tunes land, dimension... thing... Elmer Fudd is trying to hunt Bugs Bunny, who is, of course, thwarting him at every turn. They are interrupted by the trickster Yo-Yo the Dodo, who moved to Looney Tune land using a dimensional transporter. He wants to leave, though, as the Looney Tunes cartoons are too hard to trick. Bugs pulls out a Superman comic, tricks Yo-Yo into saying odd-odd, and that poofs him away. Okay, I guess. Mixie and the Dodo end up in some liminal dimension and start to bond a bit over their trickster ways and Dodo's transporter. Dodo tells Mixie about the Looney Tunes dimension, and the imp travels forth. He is unable to trick any cartoons and quickly comes back to the liminal space, where the duo plans the ultimate trick, transporting Looney Tunes characters to the DC Universe. Hijinks ensue as Plastic Man meets Pepe Le Pew, Marvin the Martian meets Green Lantern, and Speedy Gonzales meets The Flash. However, the tricks continue as Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick plans to replace Elmer Fudd with Superman? Issue 2. The same credits as Issue 1. The heroes keep having fun meetups with the Looney Tunes, but Mitzitz Pitlick and Dodo start to have a tiff over their forms of pranking. However, the real mischief begins as Clark Kent suddenly feels the need to hunt rabbits? And in Looney Tune Land, Elmer Fudd is clad in the red and blue. He has gained the powers of Superman. Mitzitz Pitlick crosses the two worlds' radio signals, causing Elmer Fudd to find out about the massive ship floating over Metropolis, a creation of the Toy Man. It's Fudd to the rescue as he flies, holding a hapless Bugs Bunny, to fight this new threat. Meanwhile, Clark leaps out of the Daily Planet window to do the same, only to find he is not clad in his costume. Luckily, he grabs a window and pulls himself to safety. As Elmer Fudd prepares to fight the Toy Man's goons, Dodo wants to mix and match two others, Daffy Duck and Batman. Issue 3. Green Arrow comes into the possession of the box containing Michigan J. Frog, which is a pretty decent running gag. Elmer Fudd and the Toy Man goons a fight with the goons having calibrated their ray guns for a much taller person. Mixie and Dodo hit each other with some cartoon violence as Mitzatz Pidlick is mad that Dodo switched Daffy and Batman without his say-so. They damage the dimensional thing, which causes Elmer and Soups to switch back. Soups makes quick work of the Toy Man baddies after Bugs uses some classic bunny lines to make the villains fight each other. In Gotham, Commissioner Gordon calls for Batman, only to find Daffy Duck, the Duck Knight. Mitzatz Pidlick has tied up Dodo and taken control of the machine, only for it to blow up in his face, courtesy of the Dodo. This explosion transports the Justice League and the Looney Tunes to the same spot for a fun splash page. They figure out that the two realities are being semi-merged and that Mitzitz Pitlick is responsible. However, Toy Man is attacking again, this time the Federal Reserves, and the Justice League needs to help. The Looney Tunes also want to help, which is cool, I guess. Dodo has taken control of the machine, however, and plans to merge both universes forever. Issue 4. 
The gang splits up into three groups, one to fight a giant tank, one to fight a giant toy soldier, and one to fight a big robot dragon. The tank is defeated when Green Arrow shoots Pepe Le Pew into the tank, causing the soldiers to leave from the stank. The soldier is beaten by Taz, who eats its foot. The dragon is defeated by Tweety Bird sneaking inside and causing... What does this button do? Style mischief. Mitzatz Pitlick has regained control and plans to merge the universes himself. Meanwhile, the Duck Knight has cornered the Toy Man who offers Daffy a lucrative career deal. They shake on it when, poof, they are transported away with the rest of their cartoons and Justice League. They arrive in the liminal dimension, apparently, and Toy Man surrenders. However... Mixie is, of course, there, and he gleefully proclaims that he's going to merge the universes, which the Looney Tunes are terrified of. Bugs tricks Mitzatz Pitlick into posting about his victory on www.cultpixum.com, and poof, he's gone. Dodo decides he wants to stay in the DCU since it's a place already rife with chaos, and he sends the Looney Tunes home because he doesn't want the competition. He sets the machine so no one in the DCU remembers, but one Looney Tune remains. And after Clark Kent leaves his desk, Perry White grabs a metal box on it, which contains Michigan J. Frog. That's all, folks. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba! So, sweetheart, what do you think? This was like a perfectly cute comic, although it reminded me, I have not watched Looney Tunes mm. other than from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit right. in forever. Right? It is, I kept wanting to use Looney Tunes gags in the cold open when I wrote it, but so many of them rely upon just doing a weird voice impediment. Yeah. Like, some of them are kind of like accents. Like, you could do a Yosemite Sam, or you could maybe even get away with, like, a, your your foghorn leghorns. But so many of them are, like, have, like, lisps or stutters, and I'm, like, or, like, in the, or, like, just... I thought I saw a putty cat. Yeah, things like that. Tweety we maybe could have gotten rid of, because he's just supposed to sound, like, cute. Mm-hmm. Like a little kid. Yeah. I mean, not all of the gags translate really well. I feel like it... It really tapped into some childhood nostalgia for me because to me, the place where I learned, like, going to, we went to Six Flags every summer as a kid, and that was Looney Tunes and DC. And, like, that was where I gained pretty much all of my DC knowledge growing up. Just all of the characters there and the rides and all of the The, story stuff that went along with it. The little cutouts that they'd put on the wall where they're like, Superboy is a clone of Superman, and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to me, like, these two things going together, I mean, it was, it was, it just seemed sort of natural. Well, it's because they're both owned by Warner Brothers. Right. Six Flags is the Warner Brothers park. Disney is the <laughs> Disney park. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely a lot of childhood nostalgia with this. And I mean, I feel like the writing totally encapsulated the humor of Looney Tunes. And it's maybe not everything that we want as an adult looking back on it. It's interesting how they wrote some of the stuff, like how all of uh, Elmer Fudd's lines where he would do an R, they put a W, mm-hmm. like Wabbit and stuff. Right. And they do some, some, some sort of French accent stuff. I don't know. I feel like I kind of prefer, Lo- I prefer Looney Tunes in animation. 
and I, I, the, there were definitely some limitations that I saw on the page. I think the 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 like cartooning of them was pretty mm-hmm. spot on. Yeah, like, yeah. They definitely they were they were Looney Tunes to Looney Tunes. How did you feel about? I think it mostly happened in issue one, but I think it happened maybe a little later on, maybe in issue four again, where you had basically like two columns of the page that you had to read separately, even though they were. It took me a bit to get used to it because I wanted to read fully, like left to right across the page. And you were supposed to go, but yeah, you were supposed to go like all the way down the left and all the way down the right, and kind of look at them as though they were happening at the same time. That took me a bit to wrap my brain around, but I think I'm probably used to things like that because they were. I think they were kind of like even separated in a way. I got it eventually. I made the mistake more than once. More than twice. Three, Three times, times a lady. <laughs> the readers are going to love this one. <laughs> I love that we both did that unprompted. So, in case the readers forget, we are a married couple. <laughs> but, I mean, it is... It's kind of like a fun, lighthearted read, and it's it's fun to know that it's out there. Like <laughs> you're just you're like, wow, <laughs> a thing like that. <laughs> this exists. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe I expected it to be a little more wacky. Um, it's not quite like one of the most recent crossovers to happen in IDW is the is the Transformers meet the might meet my, my Little Pony, or like there's there's been one where it's Punisher meets Archie, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is like so out there. This just wasn't wasn't quite. I was expecting some really wacky stuff. I wanted more Wonder Woman. Like her only page time was like getting hit on by Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, and she's like, he smells better than most of the men I date. A waka 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 waka. I was like, oh. <laughs> I feel like um, she was also drawn very weirdly compared to everybody else. Yeah. The Looney Tunes were like spot on. The DC heroes seemed to try to be like the early 2000s house style, mm. which was based very strongly on like the JLA run. I think that was Howard Porter who did that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to regret that, but I'm not looking it up. Someone can tell me. I'm just smiling. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> but, um, uh, so I feel like they, they was definitely like, let's pick them for their ability to make these cartoons. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I feel like DC characters have, comics characters have been drawn so many different ways in so many different styles that that's pretty adaptable. But Looney Tunes have to be incredibly recognizable. You can't just draw a gray bunny and say that that's bugs. Are you saying that the Looney Tunes have some sort of style guide <laughs> that uh, comic books don't always seem to have? Uh, yes. I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah, it is it is interesting how Bugs Bunny in like the forties and Bugs Bunny in Space Jam, like that's that is exactly the same look. I love how they reference Space Jam in this. Oh, they do, don't they? There's a bit where where he's like, like, I can hook you up with uh Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's pretty good. Space Jam still would have been kind of fresh, I feel like, in two thousand one. Right? I mean, not that fresh. When did it come out? Like Don't make me feel old. (laughs) Don't. Don't. Just don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, that, the Space Jam references were fun. I like that both of them read comics about each other, which 
Do Looney Tunes comics exist? I'm sure they do, but boy, have it's I never seen It's canon now. They, they do in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. What if in the DC universe they don't actually watch Looney Tunes cartoons? They are just comics. Oh. Uh, I also love mm-hmm. that Foghorn Leghorn was like, why you're Clark Kent. Go change into Superman. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, like... Those glasses aren't fooling anybody. <laughs> I'm doing a really bad Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a very distinct voice. Foghorn Leghorn. And like, there's never been an instance before in my life when I've wanted somebody to be able to do that voice. So I don't begrudge you not having it down. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like uh, like the. Uh, I don't want to sound like Jeff Sessions. So I'm just. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Yep. That's it. We just need Kate McKinnon and. She can do it. She can do a fuck like that. <laughs> but he said he loved those comical books, which is good. Yes, yeah. I, I love that. It was fun. I mean, there are fun little gags. It reminded me of my childhood. It was a nice little lighthearted read. It, like, it's not telling like a super impactful story. <laughs> no, I feel it's like just fun. Our discussion of this is, oh, yeah. Like, I feel like if this is a comic you wanted to read your kids. This does seem like one you could read. Although, man, there's so there's just so many speech impediment jokes. Oh my gosh! And I just didn't I did not think about it when I was a child because I was a silly child. But boy, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd they all got like they all got like silly speech impediment making make them ups, and mm-hmm. I don't I'm not into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was probably a very easy way to make their voices distinct when they first brought about the characters, even though they're in poor tastes. Like, you get kind of where they came from. Yeah. Especially with early audio, differentiating the voices. But I don't know if Looney Tunes ever made jokes about it, other than the fact that the joke was that they're silly cartoons. Right. I don't, but I don't know. I mean, they. I don't remember. And Looney Tunes definitely is, is, uh, has done some pretty wild stuff i mean i in the dvd collections there's literally like a, a warning at the front where they're like hey we're not we're not censoring this but it's got it's got some stuff right that's good yeah i like that i appreciate that yep it's nice to know it is what it is it is what it is we acknowledge it was bad but it happened yeah they do at least say that it's bad whereas opposed to like the disney corporation seems to be like it never happened like they edit stuff out of their movies Mm -hmm. readers you should have seen the hand waves there they were magical i was hypnotized we just edited out like 30 minutes of silence just (laughs) me hypnotized by the hands hand hand hypnosis (laughs) Well, Christy, I do have a question for you. And I may have an answer. You've got like a 50-50 shot. Let's see. Did you know Mm -hmm. that there is a universe in which the DC and Looney Tunes groups did get merged together? And I happen to get a clip of one of my favorite podcasts from that universe that I just wanted to share with you. Okay. Well, let's play it. Welcome to another episode of You Are Required to Recall This, the podcast dedicated to exploring the secret and or forgotten histories of the Justice League's 
21st century. I'm your host, Christina Edelman, and this is part three of our new season, Out of Tune, where we look into the brief but fraught partnership between the Justice League of America and the visiting cross-dimensional cartoon beings known as the Looney Tunes. Join us, won't you, as we find ourselves in the beginning of the end, the fallout of the Looney Tunes and the Justice League. It was 2001, and the Justice League Looney Tunes partnership had been smooth sailing for months. The unconventional nature of the crime-fighting ability of the Tunes led to the defeat of many prominent supervillains, such as when Marvin the Martian destroyed the floating spaceship of Brainiac, allowing for his apprehension. However, tensions began to rise in the Hall of Justice, as incidents like the following became common. Where are my carrots? They're an important part of my nutritious diet. Yeah, what's up, Bats? My carrots are missing. It doesn't take the world's greatest detective to... I saw the guy, Bats. He went that away. Occurrences like this led to several members of the Looney Tunes being barred from the Hall of Justice before the unthinkable happened. Daffy Duck defected. Prominent Looney Tunes member Daffy Duck, long obsessed with self-gain, was lured away from a life of crime-fighting by the nefarious Lex Luthor, and was promised a corner office at LexCorp in exchange for the codes to enter the Justice League's secret orbital watchtower. The result was nearly disastrous, but was thwarted by the efforts of Superman, luckily for the Justice League. But the damage was done, and by unanimous decision, the partnership between the Looney Tunes and the Justice League was dissolved in early 2002. So yeah, that's what happened. That's pretty wild that you that you hosted this podcast in another universe. Wow. Another version of me. There's just so many. You know. But there there's something about me in every universe. <laughs> just something about me. You're just you're just eternally delightful in all universes. <laughs> yep. You hit the nail on the head there. You got it. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, instead, this kind of just ties up real neatly. But uh, but Dodo is still canonically in the DC universe, as far as we he know. He could show up whenever. Did he make it through New 52? Mm. Was he in Flashpoint? <laughs> I think that's for any writer to decide at this point. That's true. I also wanted to talk a little about Mr. Mitzetz Pitlick, who I don't think you've ever encountered before. No, I never had. In fact, like, I would not have had any concept of how to say that name unless I'd heard you say it first. Oh, and I've heard, luckily heard plenty of other people say it before, too. Um, I think he was on the cartoon. But he's like a 50s Superman villain. He's an imp from the fifth dimension who has godlike powers. So he's kind of like Q 
from Star Trek. Okay. But the only way you can get him to go back to the fifth dimension is to trick him into saying his name backwards. I got that part. Yep. Uh, and he just he just kind of shows up and, and does... He's never really, like, deadly. Uh-huh. And I'm shocked that there hasn't been someone who's tried to do something. Oh, like, tried to make a dark Mitzitz pig lick. Yeah, like... Jeff Johns is, like, primed. I'm sure he wants to so bad. Someone's going to, like, be like, hey, uh, Chris, Jeff Johns did make a dark Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick, and they said his name backwards, and he gorily exploded or something. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> no, but, uh... Yeah, he, he just felt... Um, he just felt almost too jovial for what I would expect of DC. So it makes sense that he originated in the cartoon. No, he originated in like the 1950s comics. Oh. But that was kind of a goofy time. Yeah, those are always fun to read. Remember remember Superman and he's like going through his, his, his uh, Fortress of Solitude and he's like, and here's my big zoo. And... <laughs> here's my, here's the world's largest cake. When comics just could be fun. <laughs> but also incredibly racist. Okay, yeah, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> glorify that. <laughs> there are a bunch of fun, silly things, I feel like, that you can talk about in the Silver Age. I think you could, I mean, you could like the Silver Age and, uh, and acknowledge bad things, but mm -hmm. they're not. I, I've heard the, oh, they're just, they just were fun as an excuse. So that's why I was just sort of gently patting you with that one. Thank you for being my constant moral <laughs> compass. I'm the little angel on your shoulder. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm trying to envision your angel garb. Like, It'd be are just you covered in eyes. <laughs> I'd be like a pinwheel just covered in eyes. <sighs> like a biblical angel. <sighs> It's not what I was envisioning. <laughs> I was envisioning like a cute cheruby little like toga. Nope. <laughs> I'm a, you. I'm concentric circles. <laughs> I would someone needs to do a comic where it's like a devil and an angel on their shoulder, but like the angel is like one of the horrifying <laughs> biblical angels and they're like, no, no, no. I promise I'll do the right thing if you just leave. <laughs> you have so many eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how angels got like people with wings. I blame the Renaissance. It's pretty. I also I say I blame the Renaissance. We we also know Chris's opinion on the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, as far as I know, this is a uh, the next time that the Looney Tunes crossed over with DC. Were these Wait, ne next time? Yeah, it was. It happens more than once. Yeah, it was somewhat recently. It was a series of one shots. Oh, it was like Batman, Elmer Fudd. Okay. One of them though was I think Lex Luthor, Porky Pig, and whoever drew Porky Pig tried to draw him photorealistic. Oh uh, no! Thank you. I have to show it to you. Actually. No. Yep, gotta no. find it. Good. Find oh, it. readers, I'm scared. Um, mm -mm, no. Isn't it awful? Why? Oh. Ugh. I don't know why they decided, let's go photorealistic, but boy, it is awful. It's kind of I'm going to have nightmares. nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Readers, nobody look it up. <laughs> Just don't don't look do up it. The, the Lex Luthor Forky Pig special. Mm. People liked the Elmer Fudd Batman one. Um, there were a few others. 
know, but th- is this the hard. first time they've crossed over in a comic? In two th- the one that we are talking about today is the very first time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, how about that? How about that? We ready to get into questions? Yeah, let's get into those Twitter questions. All right, our first question comes uh, from at Asimov underscore fangirl on Twitter. Howdy. Question number one, if Marvel and Disney do a comic similar to this with one Mickey Mouse adjacent character partnered with a Marvel superhero, who would you choose? Hmm. Some Disney characters. I would do Wolverine and Goofy. (gasps) Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) He's the best there is at what he does, and what he does is... Yuck. <laughs> oh, I want to do like Scrooge McDuck. Love Scrooge McDuck. And like Squirrel Girl. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Second question is every time you hear classical music, do you instantly associate it with Looney Tunes or is it just me? Thanks. Bar the the whole like Barber of Seville the dun 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 dun, dun. yes absolutely and even um, for me it's sometimes Animaniacs there what yeah I'm trying to think of other what's the Flight of the Valkyrie y- yeah I think that sometimes it hits me with the Looney Tunes I mean the the Bunny of Seville is like it's like oh, yeah. the best Looney Tunes cartoon it's mm-hmm. like it's so good so anything from the Bunny of Seville absolutely. Okay. Our next question comes from Play Comics Cast. Who requested this episode. Yes. Uh, Don't they need to do this again with Young Justice and Tiny Toons? Can you imagine Plucky in this situation? Did you watch Tiny Toons? No. Oh, Tiny Toons was just, it was, it was like, like all the Looney Tunes children. Okay. It was in the, it was a thing in the nineties. Plucky was Plucky Duck. Um, Okay. He was, he was not quite a Daffy. They were all just very cute. Okay. Um, any I would, any I would speech impediments? I don't. I don't think there were. Okay. I remember Plucky Duck had this whole thing where when he was little, he said like "Ducky'd go down the hole." Oh, I remember that line. So maybe I, maybe I have like some buried memories. Like if I saw it again, things would jog my memory. Yeah, I loved Tiny Toons. Huh. All right, and. uh Second question from Play Comics Cast. Of the Looney Tunes characters, you have to adopt one, have one be your neighbor, and have one be a kid's best friend. I'm imagining one of our kid's best friends. Mm. Who do you place in each role? So we have to adopt one. Who would I adopt that's a Looney Tunes character? Uh, Tweety, because uh, Tweety can... Tweety's so sweet. Yeah, sweet. Takes takes care of him. Self? Her? Self? <laughs> I'm never sure. Themselves? Gender. Tweety takes care of themselves. <laughs> so we cannot have uh, Sylvester be our kid's best friend, or that would cause, that would yes. cause havoc. Yes. Um, our kid's best friend could be that cute little penguin. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, can our neighbors be those uh, cute little, like, um, are they are they chipmunks? The, oh, the ones who are like, oh, capital idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> All right. Next one comes from at Drew underscore GY, who says, who wins in a no-holds-barred battle royale, Looney Tunes or Muppets? 
I think the Looney Tunes are a little more wacky in the physical comedy. Looney Tunes have anvils and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like rocket boots. Yeah. These are both sprawling animation universes, so if you want to limit participants to five, that's cool. (laughs) Or just team captains and why is one permit? (laughs) Well, uh, today, gang, we're going to have to... uh, Miss Piggy would be brutal. She would be. Going to have to fight the Looney Tunes. Uh, Ratings are kind of down on the show, so we're going to have to resort to some violence. (laughs) It's okay. I love your Kermit voice. I'm just so used to it, but readers, if this is the first time you're hearing his Kermit voice, it's great. And I, I, I was very rude to interrupt it. It's okay, Dan. <laughs> Kermit, Kermit. Oh my gosh, I think that would like all like nearly every Muppet would lose. Uh, even like Sweetums, who's like gigantic. What about the Swedish Chef? <laughs> I love the Swedish <laughs> Chef, and I'm Swedish. I should be. I should be a perfect. <laughs> there's a new Muppet show on Disney Plus, and it went. There's. It's almost like done in Zoom calls, but they did it before. They like. They fairly certain they filmed it all before our whole our situation. Uh huh. So it's just like weirdly prescient. Oh wow! But yeah. Chef does a cooking show, and he throws pineapple in, and he calls it dis- der spiky fruit. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, okay wait so do we actually want to like commit to our five commit to five because i feel like swedish chef is on there swedish chef sweetums because he's like he's like a normal size he's uh-huh. like a large person what about animal animal's good i, I feel like miss piggy is Ms. ferocious piggy. miss piggy's ferocious and then is kermit the team captain i think kermit would have to be the team captain for hijinks or scooter scooter's not really a good captain though no, Scooter's like the really smart one that wears glasses, right? Or am I? He's always like the stage manager. Yeah, he's like you're on in five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also looks like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but who would our our five be for Looney Tunes? Taz, Yosemite Sam. What about Roadrunner? Roadrunner's good. I think you have to have Bugs because he's just so tricksy. Yeah, Bugs, Bugs has like got to be the team captain. He's too. the Loki of the team. Was that four or five? That's four. And, uh... What about the chicken hawk? He's really strong for just being a tiny chicken hawk. His only weakness is he doesn't know what a chicken is. (laughs) I love it. It's great. Our next question comes from at Josh Garvey. Uh, Does Bugs Bunny have reality warping powers? Yes. Is he akin to Mr. Mitzpitzik? Mr. Mitzpitzik. <laughs> Mr. Mitzitz Pit, Mr. Mitzitz Pitlick. <laughs> Both are like, tricksters. Mr. Mixelpix. <laughs> <laughs> I had it really good for the summary. You did. You crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> they are both tricksters. I only think that Bugs wasn't the trickster against Mr. Mitzitz Pitlick because he had to be one of the good guys with Superman. Mm-hmm. He's his name's on the cover. Next question: Superman's a solid dude, huh? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Uh, who would win at basketball? Bugs or Superman? I think Superman's got this one. I feel like Bugs would be tricksy about it. Oh, you and think Superman so? would fall for it every time. Bugs does come in with some wild stuff in basketball. Like, remember when he gets on the scooter and he does a special delivery <laughs> with the ball? <laughs> yep. Yep. We have no, I mean, we, we don't have any, like, canonical proof that Superman can play basketball. 
He can fly. Yeah. He has super speed. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but you can't dribble the ball if you're flying. Yeah, but that might just be considered a jump. Okay, just like a no. I I'm 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 seeing this now as yeah. we're talking. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but what if he just has a really bad eight? Well, no, he can just fly. <laughs> he just dunks it. <laughs> we keep coming back around to this. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the flight is a pretty big advantage. Our friends episode title of this episode would be the one where Christy forgets Superman <laughs> to fly. <laughs> At Darth Oni says, does this mean you might do Catwoman and Sylvester and Tweety? I don't know. We might do those one shots. They're weird, but hey. If a patron th- requests yeah, them. Throw some money at us. <laughs> At Zach Rabirov asks, if the Superman cast appeared in a version of the Rabbit of Seville, who would play what part? Who are all the parts in Rabbit of Seville? I know that it's it's mostly like Elmer Fudd and so uh, it's only Elmer Fudd and um, Bugs Bunny. Okay. Uh, so... One of them would have to be Jimmy Olsen, just because he gets into all sorts of mischief. Okay, but he'd be Bugs's role though. No, or... I think he'd be Elmer Fudd's role. Okay, would be the Bugs though. Would it be Mister Mitzitz Pidlick? I kind of like that. Who do you like from the Superman gang? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I'm in love with the thought of any of them, like, putting on the temptress. Oh, that's fair. Um, <laughs> part there. That's a little problematic. <laughs> um, I don't know, but who would be a good opposite of Jimmy? I mean, mm. I, I feel like... Lois would be, could not do. No, she's just a little too serious. Mm-hmm. What if it was Jimmy Olsen and Cat Grant, who is, uh, uh, do you uh, remember Cat Grant? Yeah. She's like the gossip columnist at the Daily Planet. Yeah. I don't hate that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I Play Comics Cast also says, aren't you glad I didn't pick my other idea? We asked Play Comics Cast what his other idea was, and he cannot tell us. Our final question comes from at Big Dad Energy, who says, remember when the Looney Tunes dressed like 90s rappers, should Superman do that? Absolutely not. <laughs> could Superman wear some hammer pants? Yeah, maybe he could. <laughs> do you think Superman would do the running man to Bill Biv DeVoe's poison? Because I'd be pretty into that. Oh, uh, somebody needs to make that happen. Bam. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Superman do the mm-hmm. Do the running man. <laughs> Let's get into the accolades. Things are getting weird in here. All right, Chris, what is the best line from Superman and Bugs Bunny? My best line comes from Batman, who in the first issue says, Ah, a penguin of the non cute variety, <laughs> which seems like such an out of character thing for him to say. <laughs> So, my best line um, is actually, like, multiple characters. It comes from the bystanders. Uh, when we first, when they first see Elmer Fudd flying, we have the, look up in the sky, it's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's a Fudd. Fudd? <laughs> That's and pretty good. I just don't think I've ever actually read in a comic the, it's a bird, it's a plane. Oh, really? 
Oh, that's fair. They you you can't you can only do it so many times. Right, right. Yep. So it was just fun to get it in that context. Mm-hmm. Who's your greatest hero, Christy? Uh, my greatest hero, I gave to Bugs. Yes, me too. Daily double. Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. So, do you want to get into why you picked Bugs for your greatest hero? Bugs ended up talking his way out of the Toy Man guys fighting. Yes. Same reason. And... And what was what was your second reason? My second reason was he um, got uh, Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick to say his name backwards. That's true. Yeah, he did both. That's pretty good. He yeah. Did, he did more than Superman. Yeah. I don't even think Superman used that many powers in this. No? No, because no, he didn't have his powers for a good portion of it. True, he was wearing like a weird a weird clown costume. What about uh, your coolest moment? My coolest moment was when they fight the toy dragon. I thought that was just super neat. That was a lot of fun. I it got some cool splashes. Mm-hmm. Um, my coolest moment was um, Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick and Dodo in their moment of getting pulled into the... Um, the what dimension do they call that? The wherever the machine was, they both oh, they didn't they didn't give it a name. I thought it was the fifth dimension for a while, where Mister Mitzitz Pidlick was from, but then mm-hmm. he gets sent to the fifth dimension, so it can't be the fifth dimension. Uh, but they both get kind of sucked into that universe, and they're kind of we go from like those two panels or two columns that we've had mm-hmm. into the one, and they kind of merge, and it's fun colors, uh, and they hit each other. And I just thought that was a neat little bit. That is a neat little bit. How about the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy? Oh my gosh. So this, I, I feel like, was like the most chock full of Silly Villainy. Oh, the villains are just completely goof-tacular. Um, but I gave mine to um, to Dodo for sabotaging the machine. Totally fair. Mm-hmm. I gave mine to Toy Man's goons, who like were tricked <laughs> by a cartoon rabbit. <laughs> it was just perfect. It was pretty good, but it was very silly. <laughs> oh. Okay. This wasn't the hardest one for me. The Key of C Award. It was. So the moment from this comic that we feel would be most enhanced or best represented with a musical number. Mm-hmm. I think Mr. Mitzitz Pidlick and Dodo fighting, but kind of along the lines of the loathing song from Wicked. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I thought that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I... I also thought Dodo needed a song, but kind of like his own solo with lots of reprises about, you know, just, I, I kind of thought of like the Horton from Seussical, um, mm. all alone in the universe, just, just trying to, to find his place where he fits in and. Just the DCU, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Just give him a slightly empathetic villain backstory um, with a fun little reprise. And at the end, you know, he finally has found his place. Yep. In his own little silly way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, gang, that's going to wrap us up this week. Um, We have not picked out a next crossover. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're good about it. But this time we are not. Life has been a little stressful. Mm -hmm. It's going to be X-Men, though, right? We just did X-Men, Messiah War. Oh, we it's did. It's going to be Marvel. It's going to be Marvel. Marvelous. So it's probably just going to be Secret Invasion. Yeah, let's just do Secret Invasion. We can do it in two episodes. It'll be no biggie. That's the one where Spider-Woman's a scroll, right? That's right. Okay. 
Yay! Unless we've got a, a, a patron request that I haven't seen. Oh, that's true. That's true. We're coming around to that time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, apologies and thank yous to Karina Longworth, who will not listen to this, but we parodied her. Uh, listen to her podcast, You Must Remember This, uh, and her delightfully distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. I I legitimately love that podcast. I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> and uh, my, my, my caricature of her voice was done very lovingly. Yeah, there's, there's a reason she has a super popular podcast. <laughs> it's more popular than ours, so we can, poke, we can poke fun at it. Yep. Um, uh, and as always you can check out our Chris and I's writing over at XavierFiles.com you can check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod or for those long form messages email us at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com uh, if you are interested in supporting uh, the podcast, you can do so at uh, Patreon or on our Ko-fi both of them have links in our show notes and you can give us those five-star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, which is apparently going away soon. Yeah, we're going to be getting, uh, did you did you see that, it, that Amazon's going to be doing some podcast stuff? Cool. Neat. Neat. Check us out on Spotify, too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we love those five-star reviews. We'll read your stuff out on the show. Mm-hmm. So you can put in whatever goofy, fun messages you want to. Yep. And we will be forced to read them. It, no swears, though, okay? Yeah, we don't do the swears. No blue language? That... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was trying to Blue remember. content. Blue content. Mm-hmm. All right. And until next time. Slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>